0: Gentlemen, it is now time for the bonus episode of Off the Post, a pro wrestling podcast. We're yeah. those guys, Nick and Chris.
1: Welcome to the bonus episode. I'm the excited. Boner episode. Oh my God. Heart as a rock.
0: We are here today to discuss some things that are alive and well to this day in the wonderful, wonderful world of wrestling typical wrestling cliches and if you are any fan of wrestling number one that's probably why you're listening to us unless we pay to you number two is the fact that uh you know you're gonna know about these things and they may or may not upset you or tickle your fancy or tickle your taint so nice. we're gonna talk about them there's nine of them and this is coming from the um i actually am familiar with this website i've I don't go to it often, but I feel like anything that they put out there, it seems to be pretty credible and um, you know, they don't go overboard too much from what I've seen. So, but Fair I, I quickly read through this when you sent it to me and I agree with all of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be nice to break it down, give the people uh, maybe, maybe just a little backstory of why this guy Cameron, what's his face? Cameron Miller, who published this on the 6th of December, Cameron Grimes. Um, what, what's pissing him off and uh what's pissing most of all of us the whatever you want to call us the uh, universe it's <laughs> pissing us off too but and i oh. actually wrote a few more at, to add at the end and i don't know if, and maybe you can agree with those two yeah we'll roll with it so
0: but yeah kick to...
1: us off man what do we got all right so number nine he says contract signings uh-huh. there are a lot of wrestling fans that roll their eyes as soon as they hear the mention of an upcoming contract signing in wrestling. Contract signings feel as if they happen all the time, and they're often some of the most predictable segments put on any wrestling show. The contract has to be signed on something, which means they're going to be, uh, there's going to be a table involved. When a table is involved, uh, just about anything in wrestling, it's always involved, right? It's pretty always. safe to bet that someone is going to be getting sent through it at some point. Many feel that contract signings are often chaotic, unfulfilling, and cliche segments. There's that word again. Cliche. Yes. So
0: 150%. I I actually used to enjoy these because they didn't happen all the time. Um, And maybe um, that would get us back on board. Maybe maybe enjoy is a little bit of a strong word. Um, no, No, we'll go with that. But, yeah, I mean, they were all right, but, yeah, dude, it seems like almost every pay-per-view, if not every... Oh, sorry, can't say pay-per-view anymore. Damn it. Almost
1: every premium live event. We're both going to have to get a jar and put dimes on every time we (laughs) screw that up. That's a great idea. (laughs) Or, like, have, I don't know, I would say a bell, but we usually, usually use that in our regular show. Right. We'll think of something. Um. But I agree. Uh, the most recent one that I enjoyed was the Roman Brock signing and because it was a little different. I the element of Heyman was there. So uh, it was just funny how Brock was like, I already read the damn contract, Roman, <laughs> You know, just the way he acted. It was, it was good. But other than that, yeah, I'm sick of him. Uh, it depends on who it is, but it's overacting. And um, yeah, it's just just delaying if they're actually going to sign it or not. And you know they're gonna, but so right. come on, just put, come on. Well, I think the last time
0: I really enjoyed a contract signing was, I believe it was a year, just over a year ago, Roman and Drew for their Survivor Series match. Mm. Um, I remember some pretty good banter there. That's when Roman was really, really getting into his heel character. And uh, I yeah, that was, that was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, but I think they they should and maybe they have we just don't remember but have a contract signing if they're gonna fucking do it which they're going to <laughs> yeah. uh, have one where yeah the other person doesn't sign it
1: oh no, that'd be interesting and then take it from there well what are we gonna do now hasn't there been one where they like stole the contract or signed someone else's name or i don't i can't remember them <laughs> all but uh yeah And now so-and-so, like, all of a sudden Cena's in the match and he wasn't supposed to be, like, but Cena signed it. No, he didn't. The Miz signed it for Cena. Whatever. I think you're right, yeah. I think that happened. Yeah. Whatever. So there's that. That's contract signings. At number eight,
0: we have bumps that knock out referees. Please and thank you. Watching two of the greatest wrestlers of all time put on an absolute classic for a half hour can be a joy, but when a referee is taken out by a simple kick or a dull punch, many fans end up groaning. Things are only made worse when the referee 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 stays down on the canvas for a ludicrous, luda, Luda. length of time. Fans are watching world-class athletes throw the hardest hitting and most complex moves at their opponents, and while the referees aren't uh, competitors, they are grown adults who should be able to take a little bit of punishment without falling into a short, in my
1: opinion, sometimes lengthy, (laughs) super unnecessary just flat out from a back to the shoulder bump and they're just dead you're fucking dead done they don't roll out of the ring they just lay there and (laughs) it's just embarrassing for them um and it's always at the most convenient time when you know someone's tapping out or they're about to get a you know a nine count because (laughs) You know they've been sitting there holding their leg. Come on, man. I'm pinning them. Why is there no count here? And right, and they're, they're shocked that there's no referee. Like, <laughs> yeah, you oh, knew he's out over there. Where'd he
0: go? I punched him in the fucking dick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the old low blow, the old ref. It's good stuff,
0: you know. Um, and I think that, uh, uh again, one of those things that wouldn't be so bad if they did it sub- more like a little more subtly or in a very tough, awkward, hard hitting situation. Like if the ref gets squished between two guys in the corner or gets hit with a chair for fuck's sake, I don't know. But yeah, if you like turn around and kind of bump them or you just run into them a little bit and they die, then, you know, I've lost all interest.
1: Yep. And not to bring up Roman again, but you know, him flying to do a Superman punch, the guy ducks, boom, knocks out the ref I could see that one. Okay. That knocks out actual competitors. Yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, that's that. Anyone disagree, you're crazy.
0: Let us know on our Facebook. Please tell us what you think. (laughs) Tell us why you like when referees get knocked out and then we'll (laughs) tell you why you're wrong.
1: Yeah. We'll be glad. So number seven is uh, a big man enters a battle royal. To be fair, there are always Pretty is fair. something exciting about watching a goliath enter into a battle royal the downside is that it's incredibly rare for a big man to win a battle royal style match especially when it's something with a lot of stakes like the royal rumble the issue is that many wrestling fans with that or have with that is just how much the commentators sell the arrival of a colossal competitor. They may seem like a big deal. They may even eliminate people in impressive fashion, but the chances of them actually winning are pretty slim. You know, I was waiting. A gang gangbang all of a sudden. <laughs> I was waiting for you
0: to read that article and then halfway through it was like with a lot of snakes like the Royal Rumble. Related.
1: Every AEW casino <laughs> battle. <ballroom." laughs> yeah, the little little cut. I couldn't get my face off a big show stra- uh, strangling. Who the hell is this? Jack Swagger? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I kept looking up, like, no, focus on the words, not the picture. This is the picture book.
0: I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, it's one of those things that just it's overdone. And I distinctly remember Diesel back when I was a kid in mm-hmm. the Royal Rumble, cleaning house. And I don't really recall a big man like that prior to that ever really doing that.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, that was impressive at the time.
0: And so, yeah, at the time, it was like, holy shit. And, you know, I'm a kid, you know, so it was exacerbated. But
1: yeah. there wasn't too many seven-foot-tall guys then right? that could actually go. Um, yeah, I mean, even as much as Braun Strowman recently, he gets in there and it's six, seven guys tackle him and try to just knock him right out. So then he, you know, pushes everybody off. Gets a little yeah. bit more offense in, and then just somebody will yank the rope down, and he'll fly over the top. It's so stupid. Like all big men are stupid too, right? So just hey, why not just insult the man's intelligence, not let him actually take people out? Um, I don't. Um,
0: I don't like when the big dude gets in the Royal Rumble, and everybody goes to work. On him, on trying to get him out, and they all kind of push him against the rope, and they're all sitting there with all their might trying to tip him over the top rope. And you know, fuck off. Okay. First and yeah. foremost, there's eight or nine of you professional wrestlers that can bench press a damn car, and
1: you all can't get this big ass douchebag over the rope. <laughs> Just man those ropes are they're sturdy they're tough giving them some extra back support you know
0: i mean i get what they're going for in a sense but at the same time i'm just too jaded at this point to fall for that and to think that oh my god are they gonna get
1: him out yeah i miss the times when people would stand on the uh the corner like they would get up or like they're gonna do some sort of high flying stuff then someone would bounce off the rope and knock them out that way (laughs) right that always made me laugh. Like, what are you going up on the top ropes for in a rumble? Anyway. Um, yeah. Big men getting getting the shaft like always.
0: There's one every year. Uh, number six, evil foreigners. Um, way overdone. Occasionally offensive stereotypes that can come with the evil foreigner cliche is something that a lot of wrestling fans have been done with for a long time. Those stories have been done well in the past, but those are often with larger-than-life characters when compared to the typically more grounded characters of the modern era of wrestling. Yep. Um, this one does bother me. This might be the one that's bothered me the least on this list.
1: Um, yeah, I'll agree with that. It doesn't get done as much anymore. It might be more offensive to everybody these days with the PC everything. Yep. Um, you're not going to get an iron sheik anymore or Sergeant Slaughter going Iraqi or anything like that. That's not going to happen anymore. Um, you know, though, with Sergeant Slaughter
0: and general Adnan and the sheik and all that, that worked perfectly. I oh yeah. Mean, where the country was at at the time. And then you bring that in to face your, you know, larger than life, biggest character ever Hulk Hogan you know bleeding america it just was that that's one of the the better foreign that's you know sergeant slaughter obviously wasn't a foreigner but you know was a turncoat yeah supporter
1: um Um, i enjoyed
0: ludwig borga
1: yeah ludwig's good
0: yeah he was he
1: was a tough guy tough tough dude um trying to think of some more does yokozuna count yeah at the time when he first come in oh yeah He's not even even Japanese. (laughs) I know, he's Samoan. (laughs) That's too funny. (laughs) I never knew that, though, as a kid. I was like, cool. This guy's awesome. I wish
0: I would have took a screenshot of it. Something was brought up about Yokozuna in some Facebook group, and somebody had mentioned the fact that he's Japanese or something, and everybody was just like, What? (laughs) <laughs> they just started slamming him. Oh, man, I wish I would have
1: saved it. Like, he's a flat earther, too, this guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, But yeah, evil foreigners aren't going to be done, I assume, much anymore. What, Rusev might be the last one that kind of came across?
0: Yeah, and I mean, as long as they don't push their country's agenda, which, you know, I don't want anybody to take that the wrong way. It's just in this particular you know business mm-hmm. it's just it, it doesn't work anymore
1: yeah yeah even the bret hart canadian thing against Shawn michaels was decently worked but it was awkward as hell like okay for example
0: apollo Cruz.
1: Hmm. yes
0: so um i you know i have no problem with if if he actually has a nigerian accent cool man you know it just i can't stand and they haven't done it a lot this is a i don't know not a cliche maybe a cliche when they change the dude's accent out of nowhere now he may speak like that in real life and you know talk in an american accent on wwe i don't know um and if he does more power to him because he pulls them both off i just don't like when they make that switch it's like
1: hmm yeah you weren't doing that last monday why was on in- Like Kofi. Oh, yeah, yeah. What was he, Jamaican when he first came in? (laughs) Triple H is like, didn't you used to have a Jamaican accent? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Kofi. All right,
0: what's what's our next
1: one? Let's go on to number five. Cameras don't exist unless they need to. There's something strange about two wrestlers having an intimate or intense standoff backstage, only to never acknowledge the fact that there is likely an entire team of people present to record the interaction. (laughs) um things are only made more confusing for the viewer when on the same show a wrestler interacts with one of the crew members whether that be by accident or on purpose there are a lot of wrestling fans who enjoy the drama but they don't want to be treated like they're watching a daytime soap opera um yeah okay i'm down with that or any interview segment where they are talking to a wrestler and then all of a sudden they go hey uh, let's talk about uh, Becky Lynch, blah, blah, blah. And then she comes in just off the other side. You didn't see him? <laughs> right. <laughs> this is awkward camera work.
0: I think it would be a little bit better if, uh, and again, another one of these subtle things that they could pull off is, you know, if you had a character and I'm looking at this picture of Eric Bischoff and John Cena. So mm. I kind of going there. Um, a, a leadership character any member of management or uh, yeah even you know one of the superstars and they grab a cameraman and uh, what's what's our, our cameras are cutting back right now because uh you know john cena's got a camera camera guy and he's like come on we're gonna go find so-and-so and, and have a little chat you know yeah yeah like a
1: it's leading the witness almost yeah
0: it's like done on purpose that they're you know rather than they just cut to the back and how you doing welcome to my excellent dressing room and uh you know i want to chat about something
1: or oh, yeah we gotta we got a match tonight and uh quit quit thinking about that blah 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 blah, blah. right we gotta focus like ray mysterio and dominic
0: yeah that's
1: always been it's been weird lately just i don't know
0: i mean we understand that you're father and son but i mean it's like you're rubbing it all over everybody's faces every time it's a backstage segment. I love you. Be. I love you too. Oh, me familia. Oh, la, 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 la. like, okay. Just talk normal because when I'm with my dad, I don't talk about how much I love him and how much respect I have for him and how we're
1: father and son. Yeah. Yeah. So you're a hall of famer man. That was a terrible accent. Um, again, there's <laughs> one Not the most offensive on the list, but it's just unnecessary. It's like the way they stare at the TV screen when they're watching a match from, you know, the worst angle. I always think that, like, why
0: don't you stand in front of the TV, Dick?
1: Yeah, you can tell who the real superstars are because they're standing directly in front of it where you would be. Uh Like, I'm not going to look like an idiot and stand off to the side here and catch, you know, only a few pixels. So, but anyway, number five, that was cameras don't exist unless they need
0: to one that's definitely worse is uh the number four cliche poor distractions Mm -hmm. this uh this cliche is a distraction in the middle of a match excuse me can easily heighten the drama but that's when they're done well some classic examples of what many fans consider to be bad examples are things like a beautiful woman simply existing at ringside or a potential future contender sitting at ringside. While it makes sense for wrestlers to always be aware of potential attacks, being distracted by a woman because she's attractive in the middle of a match in which you're trying to destroy your opponent can make wrestling hard to bear. Yes, it can.
1: Yeah, or even just someone's music playing. Like, oh, yeah, I've never heard (laughs) Triple H's song before. Right. What the? I got to stop what I'm doing and turn around and look.
0: That right there, what you just said when there is a surprise attack somebody coming out they play their music wwe does it aw mm-hmm. does it i'm pretty sure impact wrestling does it i don't understand how that became a thing because i remember back in the day and hold on <laughs> now my <laughs> my train is picking up speed here yeah. oh, um he's getting angry folks but back in the day they used to do it where if there was a surprise uh you know appearance attack whatever first of all they were few and far between but second of all the music wouldn't come on they would just come to the ring and the whole crowd would pop and
1: everybody would yeah that's out. that's how you tell like i remember that growing up too like, like you would hear the crowd going off you're like what what's going on yeah
0: exactly and then now you got music but i think stone cold might be the culprit here because when mm. you heard the glass crash it's your ass yeah and, but that's uh, but that's his thing mm. and that worked God, it's so well. When you would hear that glass.
1: Fucking yes. (laughs) I still go like that. Yes. (laughs) Even if it's for his podcast. yeah, Stone Cold's going to fucking talk. (laughs) um, He's talking. You might be right on that. Uh, But they did it right at that point. Now it's, any, like you said, any distraction though, uh, whether it's a big match coming up for number one contender and they have to have the champion sitting at the commentator's desk. Right okay, is it going to be a DQ finish or something stupid? You know, they're going to talk to whoever they don't want to fight, blah, blah, blah. I don't mind it when it's done right. Like, few and far between, like you said, would be better than just every time there's a fucking championship match or a number one to contenders match, there's somebody coming out here to distract. Or if it's a tag team match, but they're doing singles for some reason.
0: In the words of Jim Cornette,
1: lazy booking yeah, yeah yeah he's not wrong
0: yeah and so and some of those distractions are just so obvious and so stupid if they again i'm gonna say the same thing if they were a little more subtle with it and it, it, would, it would just work so much better it really would
1: sure on um no maybe not that was a different <laughs> thing i was gonna say on uh <laughs> Now I can't even think of the fucking thing I watch on YouTube. But anyway, there's a YouTube channel that had a distraction counter for the entire year of 2021 and it got oh. up pretty high. Ooh, ooh, what culture? Yeah. Geez, I couldn't think of their name.
0: Hmm. On to this number year, three. This what?
1: year they're doing um what are they doing? Because there's interruption. Be interruptions, yes. Yeah. So it's similar to distractions, just interruptions during promos and fun stuff. So if you haven't checked out what culture, there's a shout-out.
0: Shout out. Good shit.
1: Um, number three is one that has always dry, uh, dried, drove. you know what I'm Driven. saying? Grammar. <laughs> it drove it. It drove it to me nuts. Everything under the ring for years, plenty of wrestlers, uh, wrestling fans have wondered exactly why there are so many strange objects for wrestlers to find under the ring. While some general objects like chairs, tables, and ladders can be made, uh, or make some semblance of sense. Uh, Things like guitars, trash cans, and the occasional stop sign absolutely do not. Um, I found this strange. Uh, What we're looking at here is Roman getting hit by about 15 kendo sticks wrapped by Finn Baylor here (laughs) and uh, (laughs) kendo sticks. There's one. Why are they always under the ring? I can understand a toolbox like when uh, Triple H had Batista with the, the wrench Mm-hmm. Trying to rip out his nose ring. Yeah. Okay. Toolbox, yeah. There should be tools under the ring. That makes sense.
0: Or or ladder or if he had rope or chain, you know, I don't know what all goes into putting that whole show together, but stuff that like that makes sense. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: kendo sticks, bro.
1: That's 10 tables. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case we have a banquet after.
0: Yeah, oh. I I I enjoy weapons, but yeah, I mean unless. Okay, there's a San Antonio street fight on the next premier live event. Um, oh, then there's saves a dime. Yeah, they they put shit around there. I can get on board with that, but when it's just a regular match or even just a no DQ, no count out, they should just have normal shit.
1: I think we're meant to believe that they walked out to the ring before the match and placed it there. Like yeah. I'm gonna be using this later.
0: Yep, I'm gonna leave
1: this right here or paid someone whatever, one of the crew members like, hey, you're going to want to put this bag of tax under there, please. Well,
0: where'd you get that stop sign? Don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> Just hit them with the bell like we used to know. Yeah, nobody does that anymore. No, oh, that's that's an instant, like no matter what, I believe that led to someone bleeding every time. Yeah. If you got hit with the bell, you knew there was some color coming. So I miss it.
0: Um, Moving on to number two everyone is down (laughs) everyone is down they're all dead this is definitely a case to be made for fans showing their respect to performers while they take a quick breather after a sequence that took everything out of them but that's something that isn't always earned a moment like this can be a marvelous spectacle when done well but it's not used all that well all that often Uh, Two wrestlers being unable to stand after a brutal exchange in the late stages of a long match can make a lot of sense, especially when it's a hot rivalry. Uh, When a few wrestlers are having a random televised match with no buildup, that moment where no one can stand just feels cheap and cliche. There's that word again to many fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, I agree with that.
1: To the not frequent watcher like my wife, she's always wondering, well, where's the tag partner or whatever the case this isn't everyone down, but it's say just the tag partner got knocked out and he's just yeah. outside for 15 minutes, like waiting for his spot to come up. Right. You're telling me you can't make your way back to your feet and at least stand in the corner again for that spot? It's always like, gotta be a. Oh, I didn't remember he was even in the match. No, no, I,
0: I actually agree with that. I still feel like that to this day because when you think about it, and you know, sensibly, okay, you get power slammed in the ring or, you know, you get kicked or whatever you're going to get up after, you know, maybe a minute, depending on what point of the match is at whatever, but then they'll take a bump or nothing, even really crazy on the outside of the ring. And they'll be out there for three minutes. Yep. And, and I know it's kind of like a rest period or whatever, but it just, it doesn't always add up for me. Like, yes. Why aren't you in the corner? Why aren't you laying in the corner for fuck's sake? you know what yeah. i mean but at least crawling
1: up the steps
0: yeah you're there
1: um yeah and that's just from someone running over like this is another spot we can talk about but when they run over and take out the tag team partner and then they just fall off the side of the ring and they're out like you that that's basically what you're saying but right. uh, i saw you coming from all the way over there i
0: was just fucking dude i was thinking about that burger i had earlier oh boom.
1: <laughs> yeah i'll be back when it's my time um that basically all sums this up. You know, it's, I don't know. Like they said, when it's earned and say it's a, like a double kick to the head, each one of them gets them out, get the same move off at the same time. And they're just both laying there after a, a good two and a half minute spot. It's like, wow, that was amazing. And now they're both got to, you know, catch their breath. And well, I like those.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I remember uh, one of these things back in the day where, yeah, you know, both guys would be down and the referee would, start a 10 count and um kind of like how they do when there's a uh, last man standing match and he would start a 10 count and you know building that suspense and oh uh, they're both kind of stumbling and getting to their knees at eight or nine and one of them's up so the count stops and you know that's something that they've cut out in lieu of you know what we're talking about now
1: yeah um kind of on the same line when was the last time they've actually grabbed someone's arm and you know, let it drop to the mat. Thank that you. doesn't. That never happens anymore. That was like Hogan's best. Like getting pumped up. Here comes the real American badass. Here he comes. Um, you wait till that arm almost hits the third time. It's oh, hulking up, motherfucker. But um, they don't do that anymore either.
0: Nope, I don't know why they got rid of that. Um, and and I, I, you know, to play devil's advocate here with that, I did think sometimes like you know, oh, yeah, they're starting the hand thing. He's going to get up after two, you know, so I don't know. Maybe that's kind of why they did away with it, because that was one of the things where people really started to get jaded about because, you know, oh, he's going to do the arm thing and here we go. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know, but I, I do enjoy it still. I would like to see that implemented back uh, in some way, shape
1: or form. Just, I, I don't know. Give me one coming up. And um, <laughs> also, last man's. Last man standing matches can go away too. Not a fan. Yes, the ref count every freaking time someone's down. Very annoying. But anyway, um, let's move on to the last one here. And this number is number one. This is just funny. The Spanish announce table. <laughs> I, I could leave it at that, but I'll I'll read what the guy wrote. Companies like WWE enjoy experimenting with their arena setups for live shows and. Uh, premium live events. But nine times out of ten, if a Spanish announce table is suddenly in the building, someone is going through it. It's a cliche that isn't always a bad thing, but it's something that can get plenty of fans rolling their eyes. Wrestling fans want to be surprised, and the least surprising thing that happens all the time is a wrestler being sent through the Spanish announce table. The cliche, there it is, would be an easy one to fix by just constantly adding more tables, or just avoiding that particular spot for a length of time funny thing about the spanish announce table is when we're doing the what are those called pws cards yes um that's always like in one match uh which announce table will someone get thrown through and that's just hilarious yeah i i did like uh
0: i like that category i don't really do it very much anymore pro wrestling scorecards
1: yes sorry about that i, I knew what i was trying to like come across and yeah couldn't get the words um, but I always circled the Spanish announce table. Yeah, I did too,
0: more often than not. Um, I enjoy somebody going through the table, okay? First and foremost. Yeah. Um, I don't enjoy the Spanish announce table thing because, yes, it, it became very cliche and you always expected it. I'm not a real big fan of them going through announce tables, period, no matter whose it is. Because- yeah, you got to clear the whole thing off. Yeah, and it's just unnecessary, and the table itself, you know, it's just kind of clunked together.
1: Yeah, they've they've done a a poor job recently of making them very easily collapsible. Yes. Before you couldn't tell, like, oh man, he really went through that fucking thing. Like, that's gotta be painful. Now it just looks like, you know, it's um, Velcroed together, almost. But um, and, then, and then it just leaves the commentator standing there awkwardly looking at the wrestling ring going, uh, yeah, there's a guy laid off flat here. I have nowhere to sit, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and my paperwork's messed up. What the hell? Yep. But.
0: Uh, yeah, I'd rather see them go through a regular good old fashioned wooden table, um, you know, uh, and this is all from a fan's perspective. You know, listeners keep that in mind. You know, we have zero experience in the wrestling world but um you know i know that there seems to be a little bit more risk involved with putting people through the regular wooden tables as case in point you know ray phoenix fucking his arm up last right week. right um, but yeah spanish announced tables you know poor hugo savinovich he's been with the company <laughs> since a of time and god i don't even i don't even want to know how many tables that dude has had destroyed
1: uh, I wonder when they started this whole thing with them and what the point was because I assume it has to do with uh, viewers. If the Spanish announce table goes out and say they lose power, it's like, nah, it's not a big deal. It's just Spanish. You know, it's the, right. you know, <laughs> we're not losing the English announcers, so I, I don't know. They
0: used to have three tables like on uh, certain premiere live events.
1: Who was over there usually the French or German? Yeah, one of the two. Yeah, I always like the Japanese. Funaki, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he's always like, giving the <laughs> <fun stuff. laughs> WrestleMania. Yeah, that's so good. I love it. They go around there and it's like 15 different languages, but so there's the top nine. Um. Again, this is on thesportster.com if you want to read some more up on it. If we didn't go over every paragraph, which we pretty much did. Pretty much uh, but if you want to check it out for yourself. <laughs> uh, now, Nick, I wrote a few down that I uh, that bother me personally. And let me know if I'm way off here. So uh, I wrote down uh, overacting on close finishes. You're way off. No, I don't know. Oh, okay. I'll okay. Well, <laughs> stop then. I won't even go into the next one.
0: No, I, I can see that and in- Immediately in my head, I'm thinking when there's two count and the person gets up and they're shocked.
1: Yeah, I can understand like, oh, like, damn. But they just sit there and not do anything about it. Some people roll them back up and try to get another three count.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Instead of like, you know, as much as I bagged on the Danielson hangman match, um, that was one thing that Danielson did right. Every time there was a close count, he got right back on him and started whooping his ass some more. Yeah. Okay, cool. You know, don't don't look at it like that was the end of the world. Oh my god, they kicked out of my finisher. Everyone kicks out of finishers now. Why do you think they're doing so many roll-up finishes? Because right, you... <laughs> they sure are. No, nothing's protected finish. anymore.
0: There's maybe one or two I feel like that are protected. Um you know, I had thought about this before and it's so <laughs> slim that it really I know you really got
1: to dive into almost every one and then go okay. No, they've kicked out of that. No,
0: no. I would say <laughs> Kenny Omega's one winged angel, mm-hmm. um, but not anymore. Damn. If I remember correctly, Hangman kicked kicked out of that when he won the title. So I, guess I think I, I, I do remember say, that. I It's not. I don't mind if a wrestler kicks out of a finisher, but when it happens all the time,
1: yep,
0: you know, um. What's,
1: one that's actually protected pretty well is the skull-crushing finale. What? Yeah, Most of the cool. time, if Miz hits that, it's over. And I don't know why. That's not even a good move. Yeah. But you get, like, Roman Spear was protected forever, and then someone finally kicked out of it, and it's like, whoa. But if you, if you do that, same thing with the Hurt Lock against Lesnar. Yeah. Everyone was tapping, so everyone thought he was gonna. You know. It, it, that makes you look strong. That's all I'm saying. Sure. I agree. All right. Next one. Uh, the toss into the corner where they throw their legs in the air and wait for the tosser to run underneath them. <laughs> what was the point? What were you looking to accomplish? That's why, what I wrote there. So there's it's, what is that called? Not a hip toss. No, j- Just like an Irish whip. Irish whip. Thank you. Into the corner. And then they go in face first into the turnbuckle and then they lift themselves up on the ropes and throw their legs back. And then the guy waits for that and then runs underneath it like they missed. I don't understand that.
0: Yeah, especially when both competitors aren't the fastest in the world. Um, yeah. There's a, probably a million other things you could do rather than jumping over the dude's head and, oh, I'm behind you now, <laughs>
1: Right. Is that is it a is it a positioning thing like I needed to be on this side of you for the next spot? I don't know, but I don't like that one. Uh, Let's see here. I wrote the spot in a multi man slash woman match where everyone runs in, whether on the edge of the ring or laying flat out on the outside to perform their big finisher on the next person. The camera zooms in so you can barely see who's coming in next and you don't even know that it's going to happen. This happens a lot with women wrestling, like six women tags, uh-huh. where all of a sudden natalia has got to get hers, and then here comes Tamina to get her finisher, and then they will roll out. Then Nikki Ash will come in and hit hers, and then here comes Rhea Ripley to hit hers. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> like, everyone's got to get their stuff in really quick. Come on. We got 20 seconds. Let's do it. And half of them were laying outside. Everyone's down cliche. <laughs> just Everybody's problem. dead. You got two, two up doing their last thing. One gets a hit, and then here comes everyone from outside of the ring. So that one drives me nuts. And uh, the last one I wrote down was wrestlers fighting uh, that, that are going to be fighting. They tag up to see if they can, quote, unquote, coexist. <laughs> <laughs> that one I don't like either. But. Yeah,
0: because I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, I wonder if they're going to get along. (laughs) Oh, man,
1: this is good shit. This is such good shit. They got a match coming up in three days against each other. What what are they going to do here? Do they want to win this match together? And most of the time, one of them walks off. The heel will walk off. I'm so confused. uh, (laughs) And then the the face is going, where are you going, man? Come on. We got to win this match. And then he gets rolled up and it's over. You know, that leads me to uh,
0: having tag teams like RK bro or Omos and AJ Styles or Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins. I, I feel like they're on the verge of making that overdone. I wasn't a big fan of Strowman and Rollins together. Mm-hmm. AJ and Omas, not a big fan of that. And RK bro, I'm cool with that. It's actually worked. It's had to grow on me, but yeah. You had Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley, which now that's falling apart. Spoiler alert. <laughs> right. Um, so I hope they, don't, hope they don't overdo it with that. Um, yeah, they don't have
1: – are you talking more so just throwing teams together? Yeah. Okay. They don't have enough teams as it is. That's a, another right. problem. When you have a tag team tournament of four teams, come on. Right. That's that's really how limited it is. The shitty tournament. Right. And, what well, I mean, whatever. It's like they got to have a heel team versus a face team. Why can't you just let them wrestle? You're going to get better quality stuff if, if you're going to get. I mean, as much as we've seen Usos versus New Day 100,000 times, it's good every single time. Right. But, yeah, like you said, I, I don't. Depends on. The throwing together part, but I don't like when they mash the names. It's just more of a, a joke like RK Bro or um, yeah, what was another one? Uh when it was Jericho and Styles, you know, Y2AJ. <laughs> <laughs> you know just... Y2 AJ.
0: You know, Y2AJ. Um a cliche that I just recently thought of. Um I'm not a fan of uh in a match when you're getting close to the end. And most of the time it's the heel. Sometimes it is the, the baby face. And they get their opponent down. They go to no well, no, they don't pin him, but they, they get them down. And in your head, you think, okay, pin him, pin him, pin him. And they don't. And they mm-hmm. want to go off the top rope. And you're like, well, he's gonna move. Yeah. Or he's gonna fall. Or, you know, or he's gonna run up and try and superplex him off the rope. Just fucking pin him. Just fucking pin him.
1: Yeah, you know who's famous for that one? It was Jeff Hardy. Yeah, he would always hit the. Uh, well, damn it! Now I'm, it's slipping my brain here. What's their What's their move? The swanton. That's That's the one he always moves Oh, you talking about the whisper in the wind? No, no, no. The <laughs> one that Matt does too. Um. Crap! They grab him by like. They grab his head and he he like yells out. Ah, and then twist, he flips. twist twist a fate. Twist of fate. Thank yeah. you. God damn. Yeah, that's a good enough finisher, but then he always goes for the swanton bomb and it misses. <laughs> I'd say ninety five percent of the time. Yeah, yeah, and you get feel bad because you are like you had him, Jeff. The match was over. But hey, I like those. Those are good.
0: Yeah, I think we've got some pretty good ones, even in obviously the the list that we talked about. And
1: if we think of some more, maybe
0: we'll post them. Or if anybody out there is listening, if you got one that you don't, uh, you don't doesn't really sit well with you. Let us know on our Facebook page. No joke. Um,
1: what do we miss? I know there's more. Oh, definitely. But I want to actually still watch wrestling. So we, we just talked a lot of shit. <laughs> but there are a lot of good things going on, too. But th- those are some of the things we just can't stand anymore.
0: Well, they've just been around for so long, these things. And uh, it's not just limited to WWE. I mean, this shit happens across the board. More so in WWE, obviously, but um, I, I would love to see some of these go away or just be toned back a little bit, tone it down. You got to go for something new. I mean, their their average, the age of their average fan keeps getting older and I don't understand how we put up with it the way we do still. And we do. I still love it. but
1: Yeah, it's like ingrained
0: yeah and and we're all kind of jaded to
1: it yeah I just yeah I'm just it a lot of it's nostalgia for me and maybe that's why I'm a WWE homer instead of you know trying to get on this AEW bandwagon is I grew up watching this when I was five with my grandfather and I you know not like I promised hey grandpa I'll never watch any other promotion no it wasn't (laughs) like that but I just watched it for so long and you get so used to the characters and that's maybe why it's harder for me to get into impact or AEW or even WCW at the time. I refused to watch it. Yeah. I'd have buddies, hey, come on over. I got the pay-per-view. We had one of those, you know, cable boxes that were uh, whatever you want to call them rigged. So you can get any pay uh, pay-per-view you you wanted, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't go over on WCW events because I no, I'm a Homer dude and that's it. That's all I watch. Yeah. So, I,
0: I really wasn't the WCW either. I wouldn't do it.
1: And then they all come over, and it's like, oh, yeah. If we watched before, we'd know who Booker T was, and yeah, all the you know, but Blanco and whoever else came over, and not all of them got over in the WWE, but that's not what this is about. I'm getting way off topic, like okay. usual. Well,
0: you can save some of those thoughts for our next show. We're going to do another show this weekend with all of the latest news from the week that was in the world of professional wrestling. Um, I think this week we're going to end up talking a little bit about the Royal Rumble. Um, not just the upcoming Royal Rumble, but maybe discussing some of the things that we've liked from rumbles in the past. I do have another bonus episode for us planned, uh, to talk about our favorite rumble moments and and things that have happened. So maybe next week we'll do that one. Um, we we're talking before the show. We'll probably have a Royal Rumble pre-show. Um, you know, give our thoughts and predictions because we're going to be playing around. Playing around. We're going to be playing around. <laughs>
1: it's going to be a kinky episode.
0: We're going to be playing along with Pro Wrestling Scorecards. Be sure to check them out. Go to digital dot pro wrestling dot com. It's free. Fantasy pick your matches things that'll happen in the matches you earn points for that stuff it's a lot of fun it's really cool they don't spam you or anything like that it's nope. very easy to do so
1: is there any way to get them to compare to us is there any way like we can have our own section on there and be like hey you know f- go against chris and nick and see if you can score better than they do yeah
0: I'll, I'll message them okay because there's um the other podcast wrestling podcast i'm on breaking down the ring at BDRcast. Oh, plug we have our own group on there and uh, although I don't know if it's a public group it might be a private group but I could see if they would make a public one I'm sure they wouldn't care
1: kind of be cool we'll see if anybody wants to play along
0: yeah for sure and then maybe we'll get to the point where if people do we could give away like a prize or something sure I
1: I can find some shit I know tons of wrestlers (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> hey but you never know people will do some stuff you just ask them for a favor and they'll like, say, hey can you sign this whatever and sometimes they do and they send it to you so maybe we get some swag out alexa bliss came to my bar mitzvah <laughs> i was supposed to go see her and then my fucking appendix decided wanted to explode oh yeah she, we were going to buffalo and she was signing at a uh, like a cricket store or something and uh, i have a She was the Raw Women's Champion at the time, and I have a Raw Women's Championship belt, and I was going to have her sign it for my daughter, but it didn't happen because I had appendicitis. You're like, oh, can you you sign this? You look like you're in pain, sir. Yeah, but I wanted to see you. You're like, are you sniffing
0: me? No, it hurts, but I'm kind of sniffing you. But you do smell great. Smell like lavender and chamomile.
1: She probably does. But anyway, that's uh...
0: (laughs) for another show. But yeah, make sure you uh, check out our Facebook page. Like and subscribe and rate the podcast. Tell all your Mark friends to listen in and uh, we'll see you soon. See you you soon. soon.